The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome everybody to the KyberCast. This is episode number 72, recorded November 12th, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the team. With me as always is my good friend. The better half, Michael Diaz. Okay. You keep saying that, but I don't know. <laughs> I've we'll said it like twice. Yeah. Well, well sure. Um, how you doing, man? We're, we've made it past the, the apocalyptic uh, election for now. We have. Here we are. Um, Still in the middle of COVID times, though. Uh, huge COVID times. Yeah. Like, like way more than what's funny is it's worse than the beginning of the year of you know than april and nobody seems as panicked i don't know maybe that's good maybe that's bad i don't know um are you being careful joe as careful as i was back then no different same well i should say maybe i think i'm being as careful but then that first time like i didn't leave at all like we did pickups every time, and I admit I went I went to the grocery store on Wednesday mm-hmm. because I thought it wouldn't be that busy because it was Veterans Day, and I had it off, and it was still right. busy. So yeah, I'm not going again. Um, I I don't let those places get to me. I go if we need it. I wear my masks and stuff, and have a bunch of hand sanitizer with me at all times. So. Yeah, but um, I, I but, know you've moved since then, but you used to go to like a little out of the way place anyway to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have a small grocery store up here. It's a pretty small place, but if we if we need we still go to Meyer up in Big Rapids we have to, but well, that's you know, it's, but it's you know I, I I'm listen, I don't want to catch it. But um I, I think everybody's going to it at some point. I just do. I'm not going to go kissing anybody or anything to try and get her licking any doorknobs. But uh, right, right, right. Um, um, I, I think, you know, I'm just doing everything I can to get to the vaccine. Yeah, but you won't. You have another year yet for you and I. Well, I'll just be careful. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the fun stuff. That's uh, <laughs> nice opening. Yeah, COVID. Um, I want to jump right into the news bits. Michael, you've got the first couple because uh, you always do your homework. I mean, I, I have those two, but uh, you already had them written down. So I'll have you kick us off with some news bits. Uh, just some uh, MCU news. We're finally going to see WandaVision. Remember, everyone thought and it was planned that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to be the first MCU show, but then you know they got stopped for you know production got stopped because of COVID once again. Um, Sounds like WandaVision was done more on set, so they were able to finish it. And everyone kept thinking it was going to come out sometime after The Mandalorian, maybe December. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened in the background, but they officially announced January 15th, 2021, 
is the debut of WandaVision. Cool. I'm excited, but cool. that means now I have to dump Disney Plus for a month. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Here, you know what? For the $7.99 where I get Hulu, because we you watch Hulu. Oh, you get the, the whole package thing mm-hmm. like $12.99 or $14.99, right? No, I got the first year for $7.99. So I got a year yet for all three. Oh. It was an early sign up. Look at you. So no reason to drop it. We, you know, I've been watching the Goldbergs a little bit. I guess that might be my thing on uh, Hulu. So we use it. We use Hulu. We like it. We um, use Disney Plus. I don't even touch the ESPN one, but um, we have it because it came with it. (laughs) But I never even downloaded the app, so it doesn't matter. So no reason to shut it off. I can find something to watch. I'll watch all of Mandalorian season two again. That's the thing. I'm debating what we're going to do because obviously I want to watch The Mandalorian. So I think I'm paying yep. for it this month for $7.99. Mm-hmm. And we already have Hulu. So maybe if I cancel both, uh, we'll do the package because I, I think it only costs us like two yeah, bucks be, more a month. Yeah, it'll be cheaper then yep. for both. I mean, if you have them both at the same time. Right, right. So, but anyway, yes. Uh, WandaVision. January 15th, and some other streaming news. Umbrella Academy has been renewed for season three on Netflix. Production begins in February 2021. So anyone that watched uh, this last season and enjoyed it, I did. Did you did you watch it all, Joe? I haven't even watched any of it. Michelle watched it, so I have to do it all on my own. I know it's good. Um, it's just one of those things. Maybe over the holiday. I thought... Um, uh, Season two was vastly superior to season one. Okay, cool. I mean, I like season, season one a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Really, season one for us was a slow burn, but somewhere maybe about a third or halfway through it, I was hooked and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But season two had me snared from moment one. Loved it. Cool. Cool. Well, the nice thing is it's kind of like, you know, Empire. You already know the characters, so there's no. You don't need to get into each one, right? So now it's in a story where they're all doing something forward, I would assume. Yes. Yes. So, With a twist. That's all. Awesome. Cool. Good. Don't tell me the twist. I'm not, not going to spoil the rules. I pay attention to them. <laughs> okay. What else? Last but not least, I only put this here to laugh at it. Uh, apparently, they're going to do a Scorpion King reboot. Yeah. Why? It's like doing Avatar. Who wants it? Well, no, it's not Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> it's just pushing a button. Jeez. So it's like playing. It's so easy. <laughs> well, with Scorpion King, all right, I get it. It was really kind of like, a, you know, The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson's first major film role, right? He carried that movie. And let's face it, it was marginally better than direct to video, but he was in it and he was a big name. Whatever. It did okay at the box office, but no one was clamoring for another film. Did you know there are apparently like four sequels, though? No. All did, they, did they go straight straight to video? Yeah. Straight to video, each one. So, here's the thing. Dwayne Johnson is involved with this one, but he's not starring. He's only... So, producing. is this... But it wasn't that like a... 
takeoff of the mummy? Yes. So it's like a, what would you call it? A, I don't know. What, what, what you, I don't know what you'd call it. Well, that's the thing. So already Universal rebooted their, what they call their dark universe. With right. The 2017 mummy film with Tom Cruise that nobody saw. Right. I saw it, but not in the theaters. And did you like it? No. <laughs> so the first Scorpion King was a spin-off <laughs> of the second spin-off. Mummy movie. That, that was that was the word I was looking for. Spin-off. Oh, okay. So yeah, the first Scorpion King spin-off from the second mummy, the mummy returns. Did right. Okay, right? There's still obviously it may it makes enough money where they keep putting out shitty cheap sequels, right? Right. But now they're trying to reboot it and nobody is looking forward to this. Who who wants this, really? No one. The the, the uh the they're just trying to hope to get another you know, it's it's they all want these franchises, man, so they can sell the sell the merch, make yeah, some money. They're not gonna build anything on this. Why I was thinking, why is this happening? Like the mummy went down as a flaming turd. Nobody liked it. Right. Who saw it? Who knows? I mean, you, but even you didn't like it. So no. that was that was Universal's chance to start their dark universe, and it was a huge car wreck. They shifted tech and partnered with Bloomhouse or Blumhouse or whoever you say them, and did a really low budget, but scary as hell. So I've heard, I haven't seen it. Invisible Man. That's right. what they should be doing. Right, I agree. So nobody wants this. Like I said, I'm just pointing my finger and laughing at it. So that's my news. What do you got, Joe? So this is interesting news that dropped um, two days ago. Uh, There was an interview with George Lucas around a prequel book. Um, I can't remember. I'm trying to find out exactly when he did this interview or it's coming out now and then in some uh, some book that's coming out soon, I guess, from a writer, and that George Lucas, uh, when he sold the Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012, um, he was working on some stories for the sequels, right? And from what they were saying is that Darth Maul was actually going to be the baddie, right? He was going to be the emperor-ish kind of thing. And he came comes back to power because when the emperor was destroyed in Return of the Jedi that opened up uh, Power Loves a Vacuum, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was, as you saw in Clone Wars and in Solo, he was part of the crime syndicate and he was working his way through as the crime lord, right? And kind of the bringing it up through that way. And he takes on an apprentice who is Darth Talon in which if you know anything about the the books prior that, that are now Legends, is a uh, Sith Lord um, Twi'lek uh, female. And uh, he brings her in as his Darth Vader kind of thing. And at the same time, Luke and Leia are trying to rebuild, you know, with rebuild the Republic and Luke is trying to rebuild the Jedi. And, you know, from searching for Jedi that are all around, um, plus teaching young children, younglings, and basically, this would play out over the three um, films, 
that by the end, uh, Luke would have had brought all these kids up now. Uh, the Jedi Academy and, and the Jedi Temple is, is there. And Leia actually is the chosen one and, and wins the day for the, um, as they stop Maul, you know? So that was kind of his outline. So basically Maul is like the godfather of crime. Um, and uh, Talon is the Vader. And basically, you know, uh, Leia becomes a Supreme Chancellor and she ends up being like the chosen one. So interesting. The only thing is I could have seen that working like immediately after episode six or within five, ten years of episode six. But mm-hmm. that late, I don't know. Only because I mean Well, that's it would start there, right? Right. It'd start with five to six years after Return of the Jedi, but it would go over a twenty year period. Like all through you know, between one, two, and three, I think. The only thing is is that Carrie Fisher, I don't know she, when they actually filmed these movies that just happened. I right. cannot, I can't I can't see her pulling that off. Well, I mean, this was all spec, right? This was done in right. 2012. It's all, it was just a, it's an outline. It's a treatment. Like here's, here's where I think we're going to go. Right. So right. I like this better than what we got in terms of the story, because especially after you see solo, right. It's right. kind of nice. Like you see it kind of laying the groundwork. Yeah, I can see so, that. And um, I also like that, you know, you know, you're not bringing your emperor back. Um Yes, anything but that, seriously. Uh, and you're, you know, it's that character who fought his way back up from the bottom, which is an interesting story for Darth Maul. And I think it's, I think it could have been cool. I think it really, you know, it was, I, I certainly, you know, there's also other things that could have wove in there, like Anakin could have, or, or Luke could have had a child or Ben, you know, Ben Solo could still, that stuff all could have happened. You know what I mean? They could have done right. some things that way. And um, basically. Well, in the books, wasn't uh, there Jason, Jason Solo? Wasn't he the dude? Yeah. In the books. Um. Anyways, it, it's, it's something to talk about. It keeps Star Wars in the news. It, um, you know, I think it's cool. It's cool. And, you know, another quick news for Star Wars. If you want to go to StarWars.com, you can read uh, an excerpt of the new High Republic they, they put out there today. So there you go. Interesting. And you might hear some banging above my head because we're painting the house. My wife's painting the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> painting. Fair <yeah>. enough. <clears throat> That's how we roll here in podcasts and rooms. So. Hey, but now you have your own room. You're not outside because it's cold. Not outside. It is colder. It's very much colder. Um, well, it was it was fine until like yesterday. So, what else, Michael? Anything? Any news? Anything else that we got to touch upon on, on our news day? That's all I got for news. That's all I put down today. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton out there, um, little things we you know, but we have uh, some bigger stories to talk about today, as once we get to our main topics, anyways. Right. Right. But I see, uh, so Geek This Week, you know, nothing, huh, Joe? No, I started a new job and I just did not have time between reading. Um, so I wanted to make sure I was ready for that. That's book club's more important than Star Trek right now. 
Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I um so you know me, I love a deal, right? I'm very yep. Dutch that way, which I am actually partially ethnically Dutch, so I can say that. But um like a deal, and I ran across a promo where Amazon said, now this was just wasn't for every Prime member, but if you clicked on their promo, watch mm-hmm. any video in video in Prime, and they give you five dollars. So I said, okay, signed up for that, and then opened up Prime. I said, what do I want to watch? And noticed I still hadn't finished Star Trek Voyager. I still have three seasons to go. So I started watching that again late last night. So that was my geek this week, uh, getting back into Star Trek Voyager 23 years after the fact, trying to catch up. Who's in that one? I don't even know who's in that. As in the actors or characters? Uh, Actors. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I can't come up with anything. Uh, Tim Russ, who I don't think Jerry Ryan. Oh, yeah, I know who Jerry Ryan is. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, she. This is where she, she shows ended up because she was in. Yeah, she was in Picard. Yes, S seven, and here she is. This is yeah. where basically season four is where she comes to shine. This is where she really becomes part of the cast. She showed up at the end of season three, but uh, four she's back to more human and wearing very tight clothing. God. I'm hey, I didn't do it. It's I didn't see these season or I didn't see seasons four, five, and no, yeah, four, five, six, and seven when they came out. So the first time she comes on screen in her tight outfit, I was like, okay, what were they going for here? This is definitely some sex appeal, which whatever it happens, it does, it It, does definitely in, in Battlestar Galactica, which came out, you know years later so yeah that's all that's about really it's just a, that's just a soap opera anyway <laughs> I, I didn't have any okay i really nothing nothing outside of what we're planning on doing today to talk about and i even blew one of those up but so <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy, your, man. When, when I you start a new job, so that's why I'm giggling. I know when when you uh, start a new job, you just kind of want to focus on things. And I I got a you know I had some computer problem today. It wasn't a great day today for for some stuff. That's because you have a Mac. So sometimes it's working at home is uh, no, I have a Mac that has to run corporate Windows nonsense on it. Mm. All the crap they put on. On the computer, which is meant for PC, but you know, there you go. So, so why don't you just have a, like a piece a laptop that's not Mac, so that it natively runs Windows apps? Because I want a machine that works. Then I have to update for three hours every Tuesday and update Tuesdays. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. I we don't have to update that often. There's updates every Tuesday for for Windows. I had a Windows machine for five years. It's every fucking Tuesday. It was like, oh, here's a two-hour download. Great. Just wanted to play some World of Warcraft, asshole. So I don't have that issue. <laughs> so, all right. So, no, no geek this week for me. Um, you want to jump into Book Club or do you want to jump into Mando? Let's do book club. I'll let you, let's do book all right, club. let's do book club. 
So we've got, if you are following along, you should be all the way up until the beginning of book three, right? We ended right at the beginning of book three. Yep. Book two is done. I think it's around page 585. This was a short week. Yeah. Uh, only around 60 some odd pages, 65-ish or so, give or take. So a mm-hmm. little breather, a little chance to catch up a bit. Right. So what, what's your take on this section? Um, so I'm really enjoying the book. There's no question about that. So this isn't yep. a complaint. This is more an observation. So I'm not saying that to keep my attention, you have to have all kinds of war and battle scenes. I mean, that will grab my attention. I mean, why wouldn't it? But we're, I mean, Herbert's really taking the time here to establish the culture, to establish the background and the characters. And right now, I'd say about half of book two is simply just um, kind of establishing the culture of the Fremen. And we're going to build upon this, obviously, as we see into the next book, is what I'm, you know, book three of this, in this right. novel. Right, um, right. We're seeing a bunch of their... Um, just their culture, but much their uh, customs is what I'm looking for. Well, you know, which portrays their culture. I mean, they're it, it is teaching us. Yes. So it's interesting. Um, it's well written, so I'm enjoying what I'm reading. But I mean, it's, it's just hard to think of that we're nearly 600 pages into this book, and there's really been like one action scene. Maybe, okay, maybe a couple, three, but I'm just surprised at how little action there is. Are you? I That's kind of like what I was talking about for the first, since we, you know, the first few um, through book one and everything, like, then I just kind of resided to myself, like, this isn't an action book. We, no, I think we've, no, I think I've misunderstood it. it, it so, I, so I don't worry about it. I, I just thought, now this is a political thriller. That's what this book is. It's just yes. set in a different world. Um, so, and this is about political overtones and, and culture. This is a culture war thing, um, and greed and money. I mean, this is this is a lot. Uh, it, it's a commentary on our current, well, at his time, the current world. I would assume, and a lot of metaphor types of things in here, or, or uh, analogous, I guess, is a better word. Um, to what was happening maybe then. So I've kind of resided to myself saying, well, this isn't sci-fi fantasy fun, you know, bunch of action. It's, it's really a political thriller. So now that um, I did that, I was like, okay, I I don't even think about action anymore. I think about like, okay, how are they going to, who's going to, you know, figure things out and win, right? This is like the Godfather or something, you know? Right. It's about moving into position and not not necessarily strategically as in warfare, though I'm assuming that's coming, but right. politically aligning yourself and getting yourself into position to strike. So I can see that aspect. And once again, it's not a complaint that there's not much action. Part of that might be just because a lot of what I've been reading sci-fi wise for the last several years, 10, 12, 15 years has been martial sci-fi. And I've probably said this before. So it's a lot more of, you know, guys with big guns and armor killing aliens and 
while I enjoy that, I do like other sci-fi as well. So this is just, uh, it, it's, it's taking its time, but it's not slow. I'm very much enjoying the book. I don't find it a hard read. Um, and it is interesting to see all these. It's basically carefully putting things into place. And it's interesting. Yeah, so speaking of some of the customs and cultures of the Fremen, um, now that we we know that Paul and Jessica are there, right, or being safe or whatever, they both had to go through a couple of tests, right, to become part of that culture. Correct. And what's your take? Like, like, like I know, like Paul wasn't going to lose. So like that's the that's part of the thing like you know he's not going to lose so I had I was just like okay just get through it so I can see what's going to happen next that's those are the kind of things I have with with books like this right um, and the only reason I know Paul's not going to lose because he's Muad'Dib and there's talking and his daughter keeps telling us about his books of writing in the past so I don't get scared for Paul ever right so it, there's no reason to it's hard to get scared for him when you know he's going to live, right? You know he's the star of this book. Right. And it's okay so, if, the, if he's a star, and I understand that because sometimes stars can go down, but it's because of he's some, he's going to have to have time to write these sayings down or these the book, you know what I mean? So it means obviously he has a long future. So now it's more like get me to the next part because I know he's not going to lose. Um, now what that means for him for winning, now he takes on a, a – I guess he says servant. He could have could have been his wife or whatever. But and now he's got children of of Jameis. Who was the? I can't remember the guy's name. He killed, but the Fremen uh, that he killed. Jameis works. Yeah, something like that. Um, and now he's got responsibility, and now he's getting closer to Cheney. Um, pretty clearly, but. To me, what was more interesting was the test that Jessica had of drinking whatever that was. Water of life. Yeah. Um, and what that's going to do. Like, I don't know what that's going to do later on. Well, so let me ask you this. So this was something I thought was interesting and also not sure if I fully understood. But this this water of life, whatever it was. So it was a poison, but somehow using her Bene Gesserit ways, she was able to make it not a poison anymore before Paul got to drink it, obviously. Yeah, there was some weird change, right? Yeah, I I guess I don't fully understand how she changed it. Obviously, the the spices involved in some way she performed. You know, you get the cinnamon Mm -hmm. form and note that. But, yeah, I, I don't understand how she changed the poison to not poison. So, that's what... Well, I was wondering... Did it have anything to do with the baby she's carrying? Did did she for did she use the have the baby take the life or something? I don't know. We don't know yet, right? Right. Well, what's also interesting too, so obviously she takes this this water of life and touches the old the old Reverend Mother. And they right. use that and then somehow she transfers her consciousness over, which is Something similar to we see in Star Trek with the Trill. I don't, won't get too much into that, but it was interesting. She or even, or even just a, a Vulcan mind. Yeah, thing. that works too. That works too. So mind, mind meld. See, I know. Yeah. So a, a sci-fi trope 
you know, sharing one's mind. And that's basically what happens here. But what's interesting is, I, I don't know if it was the baby that, you know, turned it into not poisonous anymore. But what was interesting is that obviously uh, they're saying that her consciousness has now been given to the unborn child as well. Not right. her consciousness, but all of her memory. So, yeah, like, you know, um, Jor-El to Kal-El in the, in the original Superman movie. It's not a oh, crystal. Yeah. Right. Yep. But that all happened. goes, that's, that, that's that how it becomes Superman. Well, yeah, but that also happened over a much more extended, I mean, his, his maturity, I mean, he was still a baby when he came out of the pod, but he was basically, he had, you know, a fair amount of time to ingest those memories and whatnot. Oh no, he ingested it when he went to, boy, we really got on a tangent, but um, when he left as a, let's say a freshman in college and then went up to the um, North Pole and through the the thing in there. And then he, he was in that fortress of solitude for almost maybe five years or 10 years or something. Cause he went in and. Well, what version of Superman are you talking about? Are you talking about Man of Steel or the Christopher? No, uh, Christopher Reeve. Okay, I, I was. I'm just asking because also when he's in his little pod, he's being taught things too. Yes, he is. But that yes, obviously not everything. Right. But, okay, I see where you're going. Then okay, I don't disagree. So, anyways, that's a weird tangent. But yes, back to Dune. So I think that means, obviously, Paul is this chosen one of some sort, a messiah of, of some sort, but. We're obviously going to see something with his sister, his mother's daughter. Something's got to happen. They, they they wouldn't know that unless there's something, right. you know? I would think so. I would think so. Um, now, on the other side of things, the Harkonnens, um, I had a little bit of trouble following who was who with names, but so you've got you've got the Baron. And his nephew tried, his nephew obviously was trying to kill him, right? Was he? Um, well, he sent that guy there, whatever, that kid over there, to to stab him or something. So, when I took it, so Fade, Fade Rafa, Rafa? Or yeah, yeah. Fade, I'll just call him Fade because I think that's what, let's remember him being called in the movie. But anyway, um... It was obviously some kind of ritual combat. Yes. Well, he had the poison. He put it on the other sword. Yes. The long sword. Which, interesting about them, that the pure sword is black. Right. It's just interesting. Maybe I didn't catch that. Maybe I missed that part where he was making a, an attack on his uncle as well. I, I noticed there was, yes, obviously something going on with um, the... Um, well, the Baron, the Baron asked the set for him to send him a boy or something like that, and the boy had it, and it was like a, an assassination with him not there. Right. But maybe... I may have went past book three, though. Maybe I, maybe I went... Maybe that's next section, and I went too far. So I know I kept reading a little bit, so maybe I went a little too far. Maybe that's coming up. Oh. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, but anyways, there's a politic being played with with that set of people that I don't, I'm not following as well. I think I'm missing something. Maybe. 
Correct. Like he's got a, he's got a, uh, th- there was a, um, I think this is still book two, uh, where he's got a, he, he has a conversation with somebody from like the emperor's. Yeah. Yeah. The count. Yeah, the count. That's what it was, and he had like the weird, like it was hard to read. It was like, mur, 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 mur. yeah. After um, a couple lines of that, I just started skipping his mm and hums, and yeah, it was a lot easier. Yeah, so um, he's playing two sides too. The Baron, like he's he knows exactly what to do, but tell him so that the Emperor can't actually reprimand him. Um, and, and he's trying to teach his nephew that kind of trick, and I don't know. There's uh, clearly. The Baron thinks he's better than he is, but I, you know, and he definitely underestimates a lot of other people. So clearly, this guy is going to fall. Right. But you're talking about, yeah, it's the Baron, 100%. Yeah, by Baron. How? Yeah, how? We don't know. Is it by right. Paul's hands? Is it by, you know, we'll find, we'll find that out. Well, that's the thing. There's so much backstabbing going on in the, uh, I keep I keep calling him Harkonnen. You keep calling him Harkonnen, but whatever. There's so much back. I say, you know, why I say Hark. You know, why I say Harkonnen. Because um, when I was reading Wikipedia on Dune, like he pulled names from, like from Arabic areas and Finnish, and Michelle's Finnish, and like Lainornin, Harkonnen. Everything is an N N N N N. Okay, so, okay, I can see. That's that. that's why I say Harkonnen, because it looks like a Finnish name. I can see that. It's interesting you bring that up because that was something I was going to ask during this and also to our other our fellow readers out there is that are the Fremen um, ancestors of modern day like Arabs and Muslims? Maybe. I mean, that's how I'm that's I think that's where his inspiration maybe has came from, from the uh, maybe a little Lawrence of Arabia kind of thing. Right. Well, they keep mentioning, you know, the, the really dark skin and whatnot, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean much just because we already know evolutionary-wise, if you took, you know, me, who, okay, all right, I'm already part Mexican, never mind. If you take my one of my daughters, who's white, and move her to the desert within 10,000 years, her progeny will have darker skin. That's just evolution, right? Yeah, so, maybe quicker than that. Right, give or take. So, but there's a line in here, and uh, like I said, readers, I'll be posting the the notes and quotes, where basically he, they basically already says, you know, our Sunni heritage. And I'm like, Sunni, that's obviously a sect of uh, mm-hmm. Islam. So, made me wonder. I mean, there a lot can happen. I mean, they still refer to the Orange Catholic Bible, which... That I thought that was interesting as well, just because Catholics are green, Protestants are orange. So what's orange Catholic, right? So you're you know more than I do. Like I I didn't even know that any of these people were descendants of anything of Earth. I just well, thought like it was said, a story. I'll 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 well, like I said, I'll or he could have just used the word, but like I said. It'll, it'll be posted. It's in one of my posts. I, I, I guess what I'm asking you, in this universe, is there an Earth? I think so, but it was, you know. Okay, but it hasn't been mentioned in the book, has it? It has not. I don't, rem- I don't recall anything. I don't think so, but again, I'm not reading it super close. 
like, well, I'm reading it super close, but I, I we're 600 I pages was, in and I don't remember a reference to Earth is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there was, I don't recall one though. So, so we're in a, we're in an interesting part in the book. I mean, I don't, you know, we're at what page 600. So there's about 200 and some left. Yeah. We're about right? 200 pages to go, give or take. So in that 200 pages, then we shall see. I mean, a lot's going to have to happen, I think. Yeah. So for those of you listening, uh, obviously this was part six. Um, I believe I scheduled this for nine weeks. So next week will be part seven. The week after that is a bye week. Week eight, no reading. That's uh, Thanksgiving weekend or weekend yep. week. So it's good catch up time too, though. Exactly. So if you're like yeah. Joe and you can't ever keep a, <laughs> I was ready for the oh, last no, you're, four you're, weeks. What are you talking oh, about? I'm sorry. If you're like Joe and you want to do something other than read, <laughs> right. watch Discovery. Right. But seriously, if you want to catch up, now's the time to do it. And then we'll the final week. That week after that will be the final push through to the end. So yes. Really, only about 200 more pages. I expect a lot of action. To come. I do too. It's something to pull you right in and, and blow up and set you up for, I guess. I will say this. I don't know if I want to go on and read the rest of the Dune series. I don't know if I'm there yet. This book will have to, like, um, I don't know what it has to do to, to make me want to do that at the end. It has to really pull me in the last 200 to it make has me want to. have some kind of Star Wars pow ending right to make me jump into the next book that would be my I, I, yeah but you know the ending that's what's interesting to me at least from the movie point of view well here's so um, again i think i've mentioned this before the book has taken some huge taken some huge changes so that whole scene um with fade and fighting the the slave slash gladiator yep, yep. i don't think that's in the movie at all um, the 80s movie. When I say the movie, I'm always referencing the, the 90s, 80s movie, 80s right. David Lynch. Because there was a sci-fi miniseries on the sci-fi channel. I never saw that. But one of the things that struck me is when they describe Fade as well, is that they basically say that he has this dark hair, right? Right. It seems like everything about the Harkonnens, like about their dress, is that the really powerful ones are all gross and fat. Um... And there's a lot of darkness and grime everywhere. And Fade has his dark hair, which in the 80s movie was played by Sting, who does not have dark hair. Right. So not, that's not a huge twist or change, but that whole thing with the Count and, you know, the, the battle, you know, like, you know, like I said, with the Gladiator, none of that was in the movie that I recall. So, and the way they killed... Um, kinds in the movie was different similar but it's like they, they they made some shortcuts here and there so and cut some chunks out so all that to say the book's much richer and i'm enjoying it good i guess the only thing i also want to say about the book unless you have something else no no i think we're, we're both right there i just um I just want to see, I want it to really pull me in the last part of the, part of this. Agreed. Um, I, I guess my, that, my big all. question is, I think this last section we just read 
and really all of book two, but most especially this last section, um, seems to be a lot of symbolism, right? perhaps foreshadowing. So right. I guess I'd like to open that up to our readers, um, our listeners and the people that are reading along. You know, what what kind of, maybe not foreshadowing, because if you've already read the book, I don't want anything spoiled, but right. what kind of symbolism should I have caught that we haven't mentioned or you know, what have we missed? That's my question to the writer, I think the audience. Yes. Cool. All right. Now let's move on to the passenger chapter 10 season two, episode two of the Mandalorian. You know, I think we should start immediately with the controversy. You know the controversy? Uh, the egg? Eggs, yes. Eggs yeah. eating? I don't see it as a controversy. I think people read too much of this stuff. Here's my thought. I agree with you. I know some people say, oh my God, they played genocide up for jokes. Okay. No, because yes. they weren't fertilized yet. That was my thing, too. Her husband needs to fertilize him. It's yeah. Right now, they're, they're just like a chicken egg, just like we would eat a chicken egg. No different. Exactly. Now, yes, she did say that it's her line. They didn't say it was the entire species line. It's just her line she wants to continue. And, okay, I I admit I was a little disturbed to see the child eat the first one and then keep eating them. Um, It was a bit disturbing, but uh, I think as the internet is sometimes wont to do, they took their outrage to the nth degree. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to just, you know, I bet you 90% of them, and I'm vegan and I don't do it because of, I do it because it, I feel better, not necessarily about animal things, but um, but I bet you 90% of those that are complaining had, a you know, an omelet or something that day and, or, you know, just stop, just stop and relax. I, I, I will say this though. Fun episode, probably not one of my favorite episodes, but it was a fun episode. And and I guess off the bat is I, I just want, I want more Moff Gideon. I want to get into the story now. Like I, you know, um, now the good thing, what I think is the best part of this episode is like up until now, um, Mando has won. Right. And he's been like, even in the, even in episode one, like he could have taken on that crate dragon all by himself. He would have been fine. In fact, he basically did it anyways and he wins and he wins this episode. Everything just went wrong. Right. And, and, and he was going to die if it wasn't for somebody else saving him it happened to be the X-wing guys. Um, they were done. So it was nice to see the vulnerability. It was nice. To, I mean, a literal hole in the hub of the razor crest. I mean, everything went wrong. Um, it was also cool to see the uh, spiders that the original spider drawings for Empire Strikes Back by R- Ralph McQuarrie brought in here. The, those spiders were going to be on Dagobah. So that was cool. Um, the spiders were fantastic. And for me, I like them because they, a little bit of an homage to Alien as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. One hundred percent. Pop open. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, it's funny because when when uh, 
I don't see why people are upset about the egg thing going back to like in the first couple episodes, he ate the frog. Nobody got all pissed off about it. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong. He, correct me if I, yeah, I'm just mumbling. Correct me if I'm wrong. He ate one of the spiders. That's what kind of set it all off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Um, so like, but everything went wrong for Mando and he needed the help of others. Uh, in this one, which it did happen in, in season one, we'll get, you know, the other Mandos came and saved him. But it was just like there was a whole stretch of time where like he he could do no kind of wrong kind of thing. And it's just kind of nice to have uh, the hero be vulnerable a little bit and then yep. rely on rely on somebody he didn't he couldn't even speak to. You know, he's not with a Tuscan Raider. He's with a different kind of species. And it was kind of cool that she wired him herself up to the that old um, droid from season one. Um. Yes. And talk to her. Talk to her. That was kind of cool. And I did. I did like seeing uh, Dave Filoni again, um, playing like Ponch and John as they pull him over in the sky. <laughs> in space cops. Space cops. Uh, and it was cool. And he's trying like, oh, I can't. Uh, my switch. It's uh, not working. You know, he was really. <laughs> it was good. So there's some really good things that happen in the episode. I just want. To like, and the only reason I you know, listen, I'll I'll watch this until the the you know forever. My only thing is that we only get so many, we get eight episodes a season, you know. So I just want that story to be. I guess I'm looking to have more of a, it's like a long movie, and they're actually doing like old television shows, which is good. It's episodic, like it lives on its own. This episode's by itself. It doesn't it doesn't rely on everything around it, but it. You know, and it, it sets up new new worlds and new people and those kind of things. So, you know, I just need to have patience. That's all. No, I hear you. I, I would agree. I enjoyed the episode. There, are, There's a lot of cool things in this episode, but I don't think all the cool things, the parts, add up to a sum of a fantastic episode. Right. Now, obviously, we haven't seen the whole season yet, so I don't know exactly where the story is taking us. Maybe right. this episode will be shown to be more important as we move along. But as of right now, two episodes in, it feels like a filler episode. Yeah, and I hate saying that word, but yes. Well, I mean, but every show does it, you know. Every show, you can't spend all the budget on special effects, right? You can't have, you know, the the tension and you know whatnot going on at a breakneck pace you need a breather now and then but this is episode two it's not like i would expect this episode episode four five or six you know yeah maybe i mean if you remember this time last year it was the jawa episode right where he goes and gets the egg and you know that was such a good episode um but you know, I, I, it was fun. It was good. It was good. I mean, the beginning was cool. Like, um, I did like this, uh, you know, where they, they pull the rope. It was, it turned into like the, uh, Roadrunner, like a, a pretty much a Warner Brothers cartoon where he pulled, they pull the thing up and the, those marauders, whatever in the desert. And then they, uh, pull that, the rope across and knock him off the bike. And then basically he takes the, by the end of it over, he trades the rocket. And he puts the act basically like the Acme rocket on the back of that, right. and, he just, and it flies up and down. And basically, it was a wily e. coyote that took off with the, with the Acme rock, yep, rocket yep. and came back down. Um, so I, I think there was some 
that was a, that was super fun. And that was the same outfit. If you notice, that was the same creature. Uh, if you remember from force awakens at the beginning, at the beginning, when they first meet Ray and she goes, that's just Tito. And he's yelling at her. It's the same kind of creature. Oh, okay. So they're bringing, they're bringing some sequel um, things in there, which is cool too. I mean, they're, you know, br- connecting the worlds, so to speak. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, yeah. Like I said, it wasn't my favorite episode. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, we're two episodes in, right? But right. the first episode was just, it was such a strong start. And like I said, yeah. I, I, I didn't hate this. It's not a bad episode in any way, shape or form. It's just that I don't see yet how it connects to the larger story, so it feels like a filler episode. Right, right. I I, I think it was fun. I mean, those spiders were just scary as hell. I mean, they were great. Yes, it was a good. It was a good horror episode for sure. Yes, um, a great I, horror I, episode. I mean, fun stuff. I did think it was funny too how the uh, the passenger, how instead of running, she jumped down and started hopping like a frog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of little things in this thing, like where he's losing control, right? And he, like, he even runs through. He's like, I can't help you. I can't keep you safe if you're over here, and she's in the baby's over here, and he's, you know, everything's out of control. And um, you know, that's it's interesting to see where it's going to go from here. Now, I will say, you know, it's another 40 minute episode. Can we expect 40 minute episodes from here on out? Because it's two of them roughly at around 40, instead of the 22 minute episode that we got for the first season. Number one, I'd be okay. Um, oh, I'm, hell yeah! Uh, we'll find out in a few hours. Um, so, what? One other thing I will say is that I'm glad they didn't go back to the MacGuffin of having the child save the day again. Oh, right, right, right. You know, I was half expecting. The child to do something to fend off the spiders, and I didn't want him to be the magic failsafe. And he right. isn't. Yeah, and he wasn't. So right. Good. Right. No, it was the the two guys that just like you know the X wing space cops pilots space cops that came and they they left him there. That was funny. They're like, but I mean, it all makes sense because they you know they knew who he was based on what happened at that. You know, from season one, it wasn't an, it wasn't by chance. Uh, they knew that was the ship that came out of that area, and um, but because he didn't kill or or he kept other people locked up or whatever, uh, they kind of let him go. The warrant, and that's but that's an interesting take. What is the Republic now, right? So the Republic is police. It's there's no longer a war, so they're sending up patrols. They're looking for, I guess. Empire folk that are doing the wrong thing. So that's what else can the New Republic do but be police, right? Well, I mean, yes, a lot of. I mean, I'm sure they've got a lot of soldiers yet, a lot of pilots that need something to do. You obviously don't need quite the standing army or space force that you had during the war. So yeah, I'm I'm sure some of the pilots just like this. They, their job is to patrol space lanes and be space cops. Yes, we know that the New Republic is also probably doing its best to hunt down what's left of the Imperial Remnant. But again, you don't need quite that large a force. Because from what we've seen, 
yeah, we've got pockets of stormtroopers and ATSTs and, you know, uh, speeder bikes and stuff like that. Maybe some TIE fighters here and there. But notice Moff Gideon's the one in the TIE fighter. Now, we've seen already from the trailers and previews we're going to see more. But, you know, as they said in uh, The Force Awakens, or have said since then, the last major stand for the Empire was at Jakku. So we haven't seen any Star Destroyers yet. There, probably, there may not be any left. So um, all we're going to see is pockets of stormtroopers like this. So again, you don't need that major military force. So there you go, space cops. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm, I hope they get into a little more of how the government is working, the New Republic, and what's happening with that. And I want to know some of that. Because that, that'll help. We'll I don't think. We'll see I it. think we will. I think we will. Really? I think there'll be. Yeah, I think we'll see some form of it. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna see that and how the first order becomes something too. I do. Maybe not this season. Maybe season three, season four. Um, but I think you'll see the remnants, like the Moff Gideons of the world, are clearly they're part of old empire, so they're gonna rally somewhere and. If they've they've already brought one character back from uh, the uh, aftermath series, so there's some cool characters in that book that maybe you'll see a Ray Sloan or something like that. You, you don't know who that is, but um, she was a, a an emperor, an empire um, like a moth as well. She was really cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think we might see a little bit of that. I think that would be cool. My prediction is so. The Mandalorian started, what, five years after the end of Return? Roughly. Roughly something like that, yeah. Give or take. And when does The Force Awakens take place? Approximately 30 years after? No, 30? No, I don't think it's 30. Well? I would say, well, we don't know how old Ben Solo is. I'm trying to figure that out. And I read Aftermath. Aftermath, Ben was a kid, and I think that was like I'm, six I'm years. Sure so maybe like 20, 20 to 25. You're probably somewhere around there. Right. So my guess is, depending on how long the Mandalorian goes, let's say it goes five seasons. If it goes five seasons, I will say that then, yes, we will see in the end, at the end of that fifth season, the Stormtroopers switch over to first order troopers. Oh, I guess I'm not saying I'm not trying to say it's going to be that clear. I'm just saying they're going to show the breaking of the Republic in terms of factions, because in the aftermath series, which isn't that long after, um, after return of the Jedi. And then there's also, um, Oh my gosh, it's another really good book. Uh, it's a, um, bloodlines. You should read that one. That one's awesome. Uh, it's a, it's basically a Princess Leia story, but um, as they're, she's she's kind of running for the Mon Mothma position, and there's people that thought things were better under the Empire because it was more straightforward, right? The the, the trains ran on time, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, kind of thing, and there's a they kind of looked at that side of what the Empire did, not necessarily they didn't even really understand. Maybe the force part of it, right? They just knew that shit worked. There was order, um, but it politically leaks out that 
Leia is the daughter of Vader and shit goes bad, right? Um, but you start to see the breaking of the government and how like, oh, you can see like this faction of people want order. And that's basically kind of like the beginnings of the first order. Um, okay. So I think that could be happen. That could happen in here. It's just kind of like, you know, uh, Democrats and Republicans at this point in time, you know, it's at one point in time worked a little better than they, they worked a little better together than they actually do right now. Right. So what happens if we keep pulling away, um, right. which that's the metaphor or, or the um, whatever analogous to us right now as a um, country, even it's uh, that kind of thing. So I would like to see some of that political, background which maybe because i'm reading dune you know and i'm kind of you know what i mean maybe that's what's in my head too and politics is everywhere right now and maybe that's why i want to see that too gotcha so anything else on episode or uh chapter 10 episode 2 season 2 no it's fun like i said short version is not my favorite episode but it's mandalorian so it's pretty much better than anything else yes Cool. Um, that's going to do it for this week. We're, we did a really uh, on-time kind of podcast here today. So, you know, there we go. If uh, you want to tell some friends about our podcast, that would be really helpful. You can tell them you can find us on a lot of podcast networks, pretty much all of them, except for Amazon still for some reason. So, you know, heck with them. Go to uh, iTunes, go to Pocket Cast, go to Podbean or Stitcher or any one of those cool things and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the episodes. They'll be sent right to you. Hit subscribe. That would be really helpful. Ask your friends to give us a listen. That's really all we ask of our listeners is to just share the show and uh, check us out on uh, some social media and Michael can talk to you about that. You can find us on Facebook, on our Facebook page or our Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Just look for KyberCast or The KyberCast. Perfect. And uh, we'll see you next week. And as far as uh, I know, I don't think we missed anything, right, Michael? Have we? I think we covered it. Cool. This is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.